Hey everyone, this is the Mr. Mike Agostino, and the views expressed on this show are mine and mine alone. I do not have any affiliation with Sport Lisboa Benfica. I do not represent Sport Lisboa Benfica. I do not represent any Casas do Benfica, any supporters group, any other type of organization officially um, established within um, Sport Lisboa Benfica. These views are completely mine. They are 100% unsanctioned and 100% independent. Enjoy the show. Nation. Welcome to episode 18 of Mr. Benfica. I am your host, the Mr. Mike Agostino. How is everyone doing today? <laughs> we are the champions. That's right. We are the champions for the 37th time. Let that sink in for a minute. 37th time. Absolutely unbelievable. For the fifth time in six years. Benfica, champions of Portugal. Uh, I, I don't know about you guys, but I know Monday I, I stormed into work and uh, I had, you know, broad shoulders, had big smile on my face. I was cranking <laughs> Reconquista in, in my car. You know, people look at me like, what the heck is this kid listening to? What is this guy listening to? But uh, unbelievable weekend, unbelievable scenes on Saturday. I was flying right through Sunday. I don't even remember Sunday. <laughs> I don't even remember it. Saturday was so so off the hook. It was it was crazy. Um, fantastic, fantastic uh, experience uh, seeing Benfica win. And let me tell you, you know this here in North America. There's always arguments over who's the the greatest sports city or the greatest sports fans, and you know. Philadelphia thinks they're the best. Boston thinks they're the best. You know, uh, New York thinks they're the best. Good fans in Toronto. Good fans in Chicago. But nobody, and I mean nobody, does it like Benfica fans. Absolutely nobody does it like Benfica fans. There isn't even comparison. Okay? I've seen I don't know how many championship parades in Boston on television or how many celebrations and they're they're pathetic compared to the the absolute uh orchestration the absolute massive production Befica puts on when we win the championship in Portugal okay nothing nothing compares I could just I, I can't even imagine the look on 
you know, Bostonians faces if, if they saw the scenes, you know, happening in the city that, that you see at the Marquez. If you see the road flares and you see the smoke and you you have, you know, chanting and fireworks at one o'clock in the morning going on. None of that's allowed here. So, I mean, those are really, that is how you celebrate a championship, not with stupid duck boats. I'm sorry. Um, that's a little shot at, at the local teams here, but, uh, and it's not just here in North, in North America. Uh, the, I saw the championship scenes of the celebration from Manchester city. Also really, really lame. Uh, just a, a ticker tape parade the way very much like what we see in North America. Incredibly lame. Uh, lacking any emotion. Um, fans are just on the sidewalks, you know, standing there drinking beers or if they're even doing that. And uh, just, you know, watching. Whereas in Befica, you know, when Befica win the championship, um, the fans are part of the celebration. Uh, the fans are, you know, participating in the celebration. The fans make up the celebration. It's almost like when it's Benfica celebrating, the players are the spectators and the fans are the are the performers at that point because the bus rolls into the Marquez and, I mean, the place lights up like, like, like a real inferno. And uh, the players are always just wild. No matter how many times they go through it, you see Louis Zell on the bus, you see Jardel, they've been through this six times now. Louis Zell seven times now. And, uh, you know, they just, they look at it and it, it just in awe and amazement still. So, I mean, that's not the case with most championship celebrations. Most of them are, you know, much more subdued, much more uh, just lacking of emotion. But I think that's, that's um, in essence, a very culture, a different cultural identity we have as Portuguese people. Um, we're very, very emotional. Um, if you think back to winning Euro 2016 in the ways that the, there was celebrations in the streets and, you know, and the way, whether it's Benfica, it's Porto. Sporting never wins anything, so they, I'm not going to include them in the winning <laughs> conversation. I guess they, 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 they celebrate their Tasa de Liga and things like that, but whatever. Um, no, but the way the way Portuguese people celebrate, there's just so much more passion in it, so much more, um, so much more emotion, and it's something you know Bruno Lage said on stage that if Portuguese people essentially had that kind of passion and that kind of drive and that kind of emotion towards other things in life, Portugal would be in a better place today than it is. Um, this is certainly not a political, uh, uh, no, certainly not a political podcast nor am I someone who really cares about politics it's a, politics is a real turn off for me as far as uh, conversation as far as uh, you know topics it, it's something I, I don't care for but um, if you take that his statement not in a political sense but in just a genuine sense in just a, a, a personal sense if ever, you know, it's true. If people had the same excitement and the same passion towards the things in their everyday lives and, and, and the way they treat each other, you know, not just would Portugal be a better place, you know, the world would be a lot better. We wouldn't, wouldn't, we wouldn't have, you know, the, the, the issues we have and the, the division we have. But I said this before, back when, when I was, you know, chatting with Mario and with, 
and with uh, Alex on my episode of Befica After 90 when they had me on, um, on Befica Shows Worldwide, when they asked about Befica, Befica is really the glue, the really, the the most unifying thing there is in Portuguese culture. And I think, you know, overall, scenes like, like Saturday at the Marquês show that because people from all different backgrounds, people from all different ideologies, all different political beliefs, all different religious beliefs, all different, you know, economic backgrounds come together to support Benfica. Nothing else in Portugal brings people together the way Benfica does, okay? Um... Easily the largest unifying force in Portugal. Maybe that's not um, a compliment to to society, Portuguese society, but it's a fact. Okay, it, it is. And and Befiquistas come together. Whether you're in Portugal, in Switzerland, in here in the United States, in Canada, in in Africa, in Moz- you know Mozambique, Cabo Verde, Angola, South Africa, wherever Benfiquistas are watching from, we're all drawn back together by this team, okay, and this team this year, this calendar year especially, since Bruno Leish came on, has been absolutely phenomenal, they have, uh, they've really, they've won back the fans essentially, and that was something that was discovered early on that Bruno Leish re, re, um, conquered the fans. He, he brought the team and the fans back together. Okay, there had been a division, and there still is to some point a division, um, or I should say a barrier. Uh, you know, access to players is very hard to get. You know, Cristiano talked about this on the Befica podcast earlier this week, and it's true, and some people complain that the Marques has become this overproduced, uh, this overproduced entertainment spectacle rather than the organic uh, celebration it was you know born out of back in I think it was in 2010 was the first year that it really happened this way when it was a very organic um, thing but you know everyone would have complained that there's too much security too much organization overproduced like he said until something happens well you know and then had had some kind of massacre happen, some kind of tragedy, we'd be sitting here, you know, saying, how do they not put put measures in place to prevent this? But if the city of Lisbon, um, the I believe it was the GNR, the the Guarda Nacional Republicana, was the police uh, the police agency that assisted the city. They put together something that kept people safe for the most part, that kept the players safe, obviously, because. 500,000 people, if that number is even close to being right, okay, that's a mob, and you have to protect your players, you know, and their families that are on these buses going through this mob, essentially, so, so, there has to be, there has to be that barrier, that's why the stage is there, rather than the bus, you know, stopping in the rotunda, and, you know, the players getting off the bus or something, you know, um, you can't incite a riot either. So I think it's actually very well done at the Marquês. Sure, the, the scenes at the Hatunda, um, the Hatunda Cosmo Damião outside the Stade de Luz were much more organic, much more passionate, much more, um, or much less produced, I should say, and they were fantastic. But, uh, you know, when you get to an area like the Marquês with as many people as they're saying was there, there has to be elements of security. There has to be elements of, you know, some semblance of order because otherwise you can have a real, real tragedy on your hands when you're just trying to celebrate a championship. You don't want to see that. There were some arrests, obviously. There were some injuries. Um, 
Bruno on on three Tugas, the Portista, the bitter. He's actually quite uh, noticeably bitter, Portista. Um, quick, quick to point out two deaths. He said during the celebrations, and he says that our our Red Press doesn't report on it. I'm not going to speak on that because, quite frankly, I I don't know the facts, and I'm not going to sit here and defend or attack and. It, it, if he says that's what happened and that's what happened, then that's that's shameful. And but that's not, you know, that those are the things people do. That's not things that the club can be blamed for. Um, certainly, certainly, when Porto wins, that they, they have issues as well. That let's let's not kid ourselves and think that um, a Porto celebration goes out with, goes off without a hitch whenever they win. So, but um, the one thing I did want to say about the celebrations also cuz i watched probably close to 10 hours of it live and i watched it all again on sunday and uh i've been watching it all week i've been going through rewatching not once do i hear a chant about our rivals not once and that is why benfica are bigger than the rest okay um not once was there a chant you know kind of salta tripaid kind of salta None of that. Okay, it was all about us. It was all about celebrating our championship, our win, and not someone else's defeat. That's what sets Benfiquistas apart. That's what makes us the biggest club in Portugal. That's what makes us bigger than Portugal, as some people say. Okay, because we transcend. We Benfica doesn't end in the borders of Portugal. It expands throughout the world, wherever we are, wherever, you know, there's Portuguese expats wherever there's a Lusofnia, the you know where Portuguese is spoken. Um, there are Benfica fans, so um, yeah, we got a lot to talk about tonight. I'm gonna break this game down for you. Um, this four nothing, four to one win, excuse me, over Santa Clara. Um, a very motivated and very um, fearless, if you will, and inspired. Some would say naive Santa Clara. Uh, performance on Saturday, and um, I'll we'll run through a lot of the celebrations through the medal ceremony. We'll run through everything I can. I'm going to touch some on the production of the entire day as well um, with BitTV with all that was going on. Um, for those of you that don't know, if you go back um, on this feed, the episode before this one, episode 17, all about the Taça de Portugal final, the women's final, Benfica ladies winning the Taça de Portugal out of the second division, beating Valdares Gaia 4 nothing on Saturday, just a few hours before the men won the 30 set. Um, I have a whole episode dedicated to that match where I broke it down. And to be quite honest with everybody, I am very, very proud of that episode. Okay, I put a lot of work into that. Um, the stats and the... Uh, you know the 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 match play minute by minute reports just unfortunately don't exist for the women's team. So it took me a long time to sit and watch that game a couple of times, um, especially when Benfica are attacking every thirty seconds or so. <laughs> There's something to, to to note down almost every in every thirty to sixty second interval. It took a long time to watch that game, but I'm really really proud of the way that that episode came out. Um, I hope you will go back and, and check it out if you haven't yet. Like I said, it, for me, it is one of um, it is my favorite episode up to to right now, and it is the episode I put the most work into. 
and it is subsequently the one I'm most proud of, so please check it out, especially if you didn't see the game, alright, if you did, check it out as well, obviously, but if you didn't see the game, um, I really, really, uh, I really did my best to, to, um, give that team its due respect and its due, uh, platform, if you will, its due, uh, exposure for what they have accomplished this season in the first year of their project, of their existence. So, uh, again, check that out. Episode 17, Vince Lourdes. It's all about the ladies. To- tonight, it's episode 18, Reconquistado. It's all about the Reconquista complete. All right. Stay right there, everybody. Uh, we're going to roll an ad so that we can pay a couple bills. We're going to run the news and then... Uh, we're going to get right into it. So stay right there. This is Mr. Benfica. I am the Mr. Uh, Mike Agustino. <laughs> Find me on Twitter at Benfica Mr. And on Instagram at Mr. Benfica. Don't move a muscle. We'll be right back after Reconquista. Sofrida a glória da vitória tem que ser bem nutrida Na reconquista do que é nosso por direito Quem não fico por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se queres a nossa força sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora nós somos o eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos o eterno abrigo Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós Carrega sozinho em cada esquina um vizinho Sente o carinho do Algarve até ao Minho O vermelho pinta a tuga e é isso o teu colinho Na reconquista do que é nosso por direito Que não fico por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se queres a nossa força sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora nós somos o eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos o eterno abrigo all right so in the news this week it is all about international duty this week in the news um starting with uh starting with the Portugal national team, the men's national team in Portugal, João Félix, Ruben Dias, Pizzi, and Rafa are in the 23-man squad for Portugal at the upcoming UEFA Nations League finals. Um, Portugal will be playing Switzerland. Switzerland presumably will also be featuring 
Seferovic, our top scorer in the league's top scorer. So we could see a very interesting Seferovic versus Ruben Dias matchup there uh, in that one. That match is coming up on June the 5th at the Estadio do Dragão in Porto. Um, if you go with four players in that squad, like I said, um, the Fernando Santos, the Portugal coach, released his, his list yesterday, Thursday, uh, May the 22nd, and, um, or is it the 23rd, whatever, it was yesterday on Thursday, he released the, the, the squad list for that tournament for the final, uh, the finals, they're calling it, the, the semis and the championship final, uh, of the UEFA Nations League, the inaugural edition, and, um, I'll be doing a podcast on Sunday, okay? On Sunday, I'm going to be recording an, ep- an episode of Mr. Portugal, okay? You'll be able to find it on, um, on the PTB Soccer or the PTB uh, Podcast Network. And that's available on Anchor and on various other f- platforms. I will be tweeting out, um, where you can find that, you know, this weekend. So, be on the lookout for that. But I'm going to be covering that and I'm going to be covering... Uh, the first game of Portugal's U-20 World Cup action, which they play Saturday, 9.45 Eastern Time, I believe is the kickoff time here in the United States, which makes it 2.45, I think, Eastern Time uh, in Portugal, or I should say 14, 14.45 in Portugal, 2.45 p.m. Um, Portugal taking on uh, South Korea. We'll see if the guy, the boys from Benfica are in the starting lineup. Like I said, they they just joined the team after the the after the Marques celebration. So the very next day, they met up with the national team. The team has arrived in Poland, obviously, as they're playing now. You know, tomorrow, but they arrived yesterday, I believe, in Poland, ready for uh, World Cup action under twenty. Remember, Portugal are entering this tournament as the reigning European under nineteen champion. Um, or I should say this group was the reigning European under-19 champion. I believe there's been another under-19 championship since because they do it every year. But uh, this this group are the champions of the 1999 generation. So um, they obviously have high hopes going into that game. And I will, I will go over that in Mr. Portugal. Also at the U-20 World Cup representing Benfica um, is goalkeeper... Playing for the United States, CJ Dos Santos, known in Portugal as Carlos Dos, uh, Carlos Santos, um, he will be with the United States U twenty team, uh, native of Philadelphia, the Philadelphia area of Portuguese Cape Verdean descent, and he he um, plays for Benfica at the U nineteen level. Uh, if you've seen the juniors play, if you saw them in the the UEFA Youth League, you saw him play. He's also featured in the under-23s this season. Very, very good goalkeeper with a lot of talent and a lot of potential. Um, he is, uh, hopefully, I, I'm hoping, they play this afternoon. Um, it is about 6 a.m. right now, Friday morning, here in uh, the east coast of the United States. I had some free time this morning. And that's why I began recording the podcast at a different time. I will be finishing it later after I finish my normal work day, which will, you know, commence in a couple hours. But um, at at the time of recording this segment, uh, the United States will be playing later this afternoon. And um, waiting to see if CJ is, is the goalkeeper 
that will be used today or not. I know at the use the last U seventeen World Cup he was with the United States, but they he did not play. He backed up for their whole run in that tournament to the quarterfinals before going out to eventual champion England. Uh, so I will be tuning in and keeping an eye on it this afternoon to see uh, who is in goal for the United States. And um, so there is some interest in this U twenty World Cup from a Benfica point of view. And staying on the topic of World Cups, uh, Benfica ladies players Jace and, and Tyla are included in the 23 for Brazil at the Women's World Cup. Uh, I believe they have already joined the Canarinha and uh, they're getting ready for the World Cup, which starts in just a couple weeks in France. Uh, Brazil, for a lot of their players, it's the last run for the, the familiar names, the Marta and the Formiga. Um, you know, they're, they're making this one last run to try to, uh, try to win a World Cup for Brazil. Uh, probably a long shot, but uh, I'll be watching with interest, and Brazil will be the team I'm supporting at the Women's World Cup for obvious reasons. They've got two Benfica players in the team, so that is who I am going to be supporting. Also, Benfica this week released preseason details. Apparently, they're finalized. I feel like more will still be added, just looking at it, but Benfica will open camp July 1st. Okay, the Benfica men's team this is, of course. Um, July 1st, they'll open camp. On July the 6th, there'll be an open training session at Seychelles for Saucius and fans alike. On July the 11th, there is a what they're calling a private home match. Um, I'm inclined to think this will this will be the Eusebio Cup because they haven't had that in a couple seasons and they really need to uh, reestablish that tradition. Um, depending who they can get into to the Stadio de Luge. Because if it was a match that was not going to be open to the public, um, I don't see why it would be played at the Stadio de Luge. That wouldn't make much sense because of the cost of operating a match you know, uh, at the Stadio de Luge. Um, I'm, I'm fairly certain that when details are available, um, perhaps an opponent still needs to be confirmed. Um, we will hear who this opponent will be, and I'm sure that this... this if there is a game at the Stadio de Luge, I have to believe that this it would be the Eusebio Cup. They would use it for that competition. Um, two days later, Benfica will be playing at, at Academica in Coimbra. And that's also listed as a private match, but I'm inclined to think that that's, that will be open to the public because Academica will be looking to get a payday um, if they can bring Benfica to their stadium. I'm sure this... The idea of bringing Benfica anywhere to play behind closed doors um, and announcing it uh, doesn't make much sense because people are going to try to get to it anyway. Also, on the 15th of July, two days later, Benfica will fly to San Francisco in California here in the United States where they'll begin their that leg of their preseason camp. Um, five days later, July 20th, is the match against Chivas at Levi's Stadium in Santa Clara, uh, Santa Clara, California. Um, home of the San Francisco 49ers. And that will be a huge crowd because, like I said, Chivas are, are a gigantic club um, among Mexican-Americans, among, um, among Mexicans in general. One of the two huge giant clubs in Mexico along with Club America. Um, and they're playing in California, so there's a lot of support for Chivas there. There's a lot of support for Benfica in California. If you didn't know... Before, take my word for it, because when I look at the stats for this show, okay, 
Very few places have as much, uh, do I get as many downloads as I do in Northern California. So this isn't just going to be a Chivas home game. There is a lot of support for Benfica out there. Shout out to Mr. Mello, to Alex. Uh, he lives out there in the Bay Area. Um, I know how excited he is to see to see Benfica play in his home area. Four days later, Benfica will make a cross-country flight. Now, this is something that they're not exactly used to. So this will be something new for them because, you know, North American athletes, they, they get used to these flights, you know, uh, and the travel schedule of playing sports here. Benfica will fly across the United States from San Francisco to Newark, and they will um, set up in Jersey. I'm not sure where they're training in New Jersey. I'm wondering if they're training at Rutgers University. Again, if that's where they're going to be based on the East Coast, I'm not exactly sure. But on July the 24th, they will play Roma at Red Bull Arena, as we've announced here before. Um, and that is a real, real nice venue for Benfica. Uh, I've seen them there twice, hoping to be there again. And uh, it really feels like a mini Stadio de Luge whenever Benfica come into Red Bull Arena. They really are better supported at Red Bull Arena. And the best atmospheres at Red Bull Arena have been during these Benfica games. Even more so than New York Red Bull matches. Um, and then four days Later, Benfica are up here in my neck of the woods playing AC Milan at Gillette Stadium. And I'm going to be honest, I, I, even though this is my, my backyard essentially, I did not like, or I should say I'm a little uneasy about them playing here, and here's why, okay? Gillette Stadium is an artificial surface. What they do for these big matches is they roll out grass over the artificial surface, okay, because of, you know, the danger of playing on on, on artificial, um, you know, field turf is just, the fact that professional teams are using it um, in this country, I think, is ridiculous. The fact that the Revolution play on a plastic pitch, uh, the New England Revolution, the local team to be, is, is an embarrassment, it's a sign of it, it's a sort of an embarrassment, a source of embarrassment for the local soccer community. Um, to play a level, a match that level on a field that can be that treacherous, um, but putting the, the the sod over it, I'm not convinced is much better. Um, for those of you that don't know, a week ago, New England Revolution, the local side, played against Chelsea in a in a benefit match at Gillette Stadium, the same stadium Benfica will play on. Under those those circumstances, they rolled out a sod grass pitch over the artificial pitch. Okay, so it was a temporary grass pitch, and um, these these pitches do not play well. They're slippery. Guys fall. I know. Watching, uh, I went when Portugal played Mexico in the lead up to World Cup 2014 at Gillette Stadium. I was at that match, and players are falling everywhere. Um, but in that Chelsea Revolution match. Ruben Loftus-Cheek, one of the really promising young up-and-coming Chelsea players, tore, an Achille, if I'm not mistaken, his Achilles um, on that surface. That surface is treacherous, it's dangerous, and um, yeah, I'm excited to have Benfica come play in my neck of the woods, but I am very, very concerned for the safety of the players. I'd hate to see somebody miss their entire season because they're playing on such a, really a garbage field. Okay, and Gillette Stadium is a garbage field. Okay, the 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 artificial surface is bad, and I'm not convinced that the the 
the sod that's placed over it, the grass that's played over the the natural grass that gets placed over the artificial surface is much better. Um, so hopefully everybody gets through that game okay. Um, hopefully it's a big crowd and the crowd is lively because that stadium is known to be a little bit of a library. It uh, is not a loud stadium. There's a giant opening at one of the ends um, with this stupid lighthouse that they put there. Why they put that there, I don't know. There's a absolutely stupid lighthouse. Um, and it creates a wind tunnel there that allows an abs- a ridiculous... It's not going to be an issue for in July for Benfica, but, but I mean, it just... It, makes no sense. All the noise, all of the the atmosphere escapes from that opening. Um, I don't know why they designed that stadium that way. It definitely was not designed to have any kind of atmosphere. Um, And I'm always critical of of everything that has to do with that facility and that club. But but, uh, hopefully it still turns out to be a good day. I know a lot of people are planning on traveling to that one because that is the weekend one. It is a Sunday afternoon match against a big club, you know, a big name, a a club that can also draw, which should help in getting a big crowd out that day. Um, But again, my number one concern in that match is going to be everybody getting out of there safely. Um, Hopefully, Benfica will play well and put on a good show, but I hope all the players get out of there with free of injury. Um, That's really all we got in the news this week. It's uh, it's all about the Trinity set, so sit tight. Well, let's listen to a few a few scenes, a few uh, audio clips from the match with Santa Clara, and I will catch you on the other side. And remember, this is Mr. Benfica. I am the Mr. Mike Agustinu at Twitter, uh, um, at Benfica Mr. on Twitter, excuse me, and on Instagram at Mr. Benfica. Search on Facebook for Mr. Benfica, two words, all right, and you'll find us there. Um... We'll be right back again. Like I said, we'll go over the Santa Clara match. We'll get into the celebrations. We got a lot to talk about. Um, the Trinity set is ours. I'll be right back. This is Mr. Benfica. All right, so before we play some audio from the match, I got a little audio montage I'm going to play for you in just a moment. Let's go through the lineups first, all right? So we're going to start with the starting lineup, beginning with Santa Clara. In goal, Marco Rocha was the goalkeeper. Across the back in a 4-4-2, we have Patrick Vieira, Cesar, Fabio Cardoso, and João Lucas in the midfield. Osama Rashid, the Iraqi international, is joined by... Shiku Hamus and Caillou, as well as Bruno Lamage running down the left flank. Up front, the strike pairing is Guillermo uh, Shektini, and his strike partner is the veteran Ukra. Befica going with their normal, uh, their normal lineup in their regular 4-4-2. No changes here to report. Odi in goal, Andre Almeida, Ruben Dias, Ferro, and Grimaldo. Uh, Pizzi, Samarij, Tino and Rafa Silva, João Felix and Seferovic, the man of the match, are the strike pairing. Seferovic would be named the man of the match at the end of this one. Here's what it sounded like on Portuguese radio. Um, Have a listen here. It's a little montage with uh, a couple clips from the match, a little bit from the start, a little bit from the end. And I think it encapsulates uh, the afternoon that Befica had at the Stadio de Luz last Saturday. 
Tiago Santos está a ser preparada uma bonita coreografia com várias cartolinas para que as equipas quando pisem o galvado do Estádio da Luz fiquem ainda mais animadas e mais os jogadores com a pele em galinha para este jogo entre Benfica e Santa Clara é que se é prepara-se uma enorme coreografia. Há muita gente já nas bancadas, já quase não há. Como há pouco dizia, o Bruno Sousa Ribeiro, cadeiras vazias, numa altura em que Tiago já está a voar à Águia Vitória. Já está a voar, a circula agora perante os vários anexos do estádio da Luz, nas cadeiras à espera dos poucos adeptos que ainda deixam o vago lugar por, este, por esta altura. Estão então as tais cartolinas encarnadas e também brancas que daqui a pouco vão com por então essa coreografia preparada para este jogo. Espero os enganados seja de festa esta tarde em Lisboa. Está a hora de todas as decisões. Vai começar aqui o Benfica Santa Clara. À mesma hora, o Porto Sporting decide o título. O Benfica está a 90 minutos ser campeão nacional. A 90 minutos o ser campeão nacional. Era para João Lucas. Corta a defensiva do Benfica. O passo foi interceptado. É, demorou que para o Benfica. Tentava a ganhar para Pizzi. Não conseguiu. Muito tapado o caminho. Muito bem, Fábio Cardoso. A bola vem para trás. Vem para Ruben Dias. Fica caído. Zé Peralbetes. O goleador do Benfica. Para João Félix. Que interceta o passo na defensiva. Francisco. Corremos, insisto, bem, fica com o Samar e está longe da baliza. Já recuperou a Seferovic, mas ainda está a recuchear. Bola para André Almana. Lá para Pizzi. A Pizzi pisa a bola. Está na direita, meio da equipa da equipa do Santa Clara. Tem à frente o adversário que é... Problemas, a bola vem para Samaris, Samaris mete outra vez à direita para André Almeida, agora Pizzi, Pizzi jogou para João Félix, mal passa, mais um passo falhado, Santa Clara vai sair com Caio, Pantaleão, mas perde a bola, Sertino, bola para Rafa, dá para João Félix, meteu à esquerda para Grimaldo, bem fica no meio-campo da equipe do Santa Clara, tocou a bola, lá está Grimaldo, vai desbracar-se João Félix, mas o Benfica faz um passo, vai lentamente para o ataque, sem grande velocidade na troca de bola, bola para Samaris, muita na área, atenção, segue a vista para o marcar.
Silva, meteu para Samaris, adiantou para a Sosteira, para Pizzi, tentava tocar o calcanhar, o público se espera, porque queria que Pizzi jogasse mais simples. Também Bruno Lasco, Pilhão, um passo largo aos jogadores do Benfica para explorar o desequilíbrio do Santa Clara. Bola na equipa do Santa Clara, lá está Patrick Vieira, vai em vintas, vai ao passo, Roberto Samaris, Samaris ganhou, caiu e sobre a falta. Gol de Seferovitz aos 16, João Félix aos 24 e Rafa Silva aos 39. Livre para a equipa do Benfica, precisava apenas de um empate para ser campeão nacional. Com este resultado tem quase as duas mãos no troféu. Bola para Samares, adiantou para Rafa, joga de calcanhar para Alex Grimaldo. Vai sobre a esquina Pictar e faz uma finta. Não consegue passar por Alzama Rachid. Ganha a bola Rachid, o Iraquiano, Iraquiano. Botou para Samuel Manuel, dá para o Brulama, perde a bola, seja do Benfica pela esquina com Grimaldo. Grimaldo cruzou para ele para Seferovitz do gol! Eu diria que era uma 
passar, é uma passagem de testemunho. Cá está. E aí está. O Benfica é campeão nacional 2018, 2019, com fetis no ar, muito fogo para o artifício. Jardel com a taça de campeão nacional. Grande festa nas bancadas, grande festa no relevado. Aí está o Benfica a erguer o trigênio. So there you have it. There is uh, how it sounded on a Portuguese radio station, TSEF network, I should say, Portuguese radio network, TSEF, last uh, Saturday as the league concluded. Uh, there is, you know, about two hours plus of content uh, condensed into about eight minutes. I know that was a little long, but I wanted to catch all the goals, catch the start, and catch the lifting of the trophy in that little audio package. So, we have Benfica versus Santa Clara, round 34 of the Liga Nage, the final match of the season, 2018-2019, Stadio de Luz, with an attendance of over 64,000. Uh, I watch this match on BTV. Um, normally, I watch it on Goal TV, but but I went with BTV on this one because of all of the coverage that they had all day long. Um, those of you that listened to episode 17, you heard me kind of critique, um, compliment, and and criticize the way that BTV covered the entire day, you know, with, with two matches to cover and uh, going back and forth and covering the team's trip from Seychelles to the stadium, the reception of the team by the fans, the the post-game celebrations, everything all the way through the Marquesh. Um, overall, like I said, BTV did a fantastic job. Um, there was some production things that I think could have been done better, but overall the talent was uh, working very, very hard all all day. Barbara Alves, um, uh, Elder Kundut, he worked hard all day. Um, you had Andrea doing the, the interviews all the way through the Marquesh, um, through the entire night. She's at the Marquesh before the game even starts. And it was just a... a uh, comprehensive coverage so overall very very pleased with what i saw from btv so i did keep the game on btv because i wanted to hear the uh the portuguese commentary for this one and it was elder and rogerio as usual um the first thing we see is the red and white flag tifo uh as the flags are waving to i will survive um and the crowd is loud and ready to go. Referee George Souza would lead the three teams out of the tunnel. Um, and at that moment is when the large Shkudu would drop from the Topu Sul um, with the number 37 on it, signifying that um, the 37th title was at hand. And before the match, Bruno Lage receives the Manager of the Month Award for April. Damu Trintiset rings out loud and clear while George Souza flips the coin. Andrea um, Almeida is is the cap is the captain on the day. The PA announcer then leads the crowd into a louder rendition of Damu Trintiset. So at kickoff, Benfica kicks off and George Souza has I I actually put this little bit in about George Souza because I went back and realized he refed this exact match, or not between these two teams, but the final match of the of the season in 2010 when Benfica started the run in this decade with a 2-1 two, two win over Hiwav that day. 
winning their 33rd title that day. Uh, Georges Souza was the referee that day in 2010. Here he is again nine years later in the same situation. Georges Souza also named the referee for tomorrow's uh, Taça de Portugal final between Porto and Sporting at the Jamur. Um, and we have a little bit of a of a holdup, actually, as George Souza waits for word from the league to start the match. And there are, they go back to playing I Will Survive and We Will Rock You. Um, both songs get all the way through before the opening whistle finally blows as Seferovic gets the match started. Uh, in the fourth minute, we have Santa Clara looking comfortable and confident uh, early on. Benfica given the Azorian side time and space to create. Uh, Benfica a little bit... Nervous, perhaps a little bit cautious, knowing uh, a draw is enough. And I think in an attempt to control the emotions, Benfica's kind of sitting back a little bit. Um, and I think what they're trying to do is they're allowing Santa Clara space to come out and play to try to open them up at the back and to um, to keep them, if you will, from from parking the bus and from you know just just bunkering in with two lines of five. So Benfica's sitting back a little bit, allowing Santa Clara to play Santa Clara, taking full advantage of that and um, enjoying the space and playing some nice football early on. In the sixth minute, Benfica's ball movement is a step too slow, as you and then as usual in build up, um, it just I mean it's a step slower than usual in build up, and um, Santa Clara playing really crisp and as. As this is happening, Ukra will attempt one from distance, and the shot will go just wide of Odie's goal. But Santa Clara making an announcement earlier that they're here to, uh, they're here to have a say in the in the matter, and they're not just here to be spectators to the trophy presentation. Um, as of the ninth minute, Befica had yet to register a shot on goal. Santa Clara already with two at that point. Um, through ten minutes, it was all Santa Clara at that point. Befica yet to get their footing in the match. Um, Benfica really, uh, like I said, started slow. Not not the crisp, fast starts we're used to, but you could see that they they were being patient at the same time. It's a little bit frustrating from a fan's point of view, but you could see that uh, they're being a little bit patient, waiting for their spot, and waiting to take over control of the match. In the eleventh minute. Um, the match I wrote down here is starting to resemble a training session with Santa Clara playing possession. As the crowd begins to get a little bit impatient with the home side, you can start to hear a couple of whistles, and uh, they want the Benfica players to start to press and to start to go after the ball. In the 12th minute, Bruno Lamas's corner is punched out of trouble by Odi. Shiku Hamus, Ukra, and Lamas are having a field day circulating and triangulating the ball. Um... And you, at this moment, you see Jonas get up off the bench like one of the assistant coaches, and he's yelling at his team and making the hand signal, telling them to calm down, to settle in. Well, um, calm they were. Settled they might not have been. They were they were a little bit uh, unsettled because Benfica players looking at each other like, like who's got who in, you know, as far as spatial awareness. They're a little bit not in sync with each other, and that's why Jonas is telling them to settle in a bit. Uh, in the 14th, Santa Clara lowers their line of confrontation into their own defensive third, and you see all 11 players in that space giving uh, Benfica nowhere to play as Benfica's finally starting to get out. Um, in the 15th minute with Santa Clara's line drop, 
Benfica's movement of the ball still seems slow until the reset, um, until the ball gets reset all the way back to Ferro, who finds Felix playing it first time to Grimaldo. Grimaldo then goes back to Felix, who plays a square ball to Samaric, and this is what you heard in the audio earlier. Samaric plays a brilliant, absolutely brilliant diagonal ball that finds an onside Seferovic, who, with his back to goal, brings the ball down, turns, fires with his preferred left foot, and he will fire it far post for the first goal of the game as the luge explodes um, explodes with a, a shout of emotion as Benfica take the lead 1-0, and now the 37 is that much closer. It's the 16th minute, and... Um, the entire team is off the bench celebrating. The stadium's going absolutely crazy, crazy right now with the sound of Seven Nation Army blaring from the speakers. Um, it was a perfectly timed run by Seferovic, the replay would show, on a perfectly weighted pass from Samadish. Benfica now have the one, their 100th goal of the season in the league, and that is the, the third most... Um, that they've ever put together, and it is the third time Benfica have reached 100 goals in history. We move forward to the 20th minute. Patrick Vieira takes a corner from Odie's right and finds Fabio Cardozo, whose header goes just wide. Fabio Cardozo, the Benfica youth product, uh, found had a really, really good game, at least offensively in this game. He uh, got himself free. He got himself into space on this corner kick, got ahead to it, he got it just wide, but you'll hear his name a few more times as we talk about these corner kicks. Um, 22nd minute, Almeida crosses for Seferovic to the near post, but the Swiss striker can't redirect the ball on goal. It goes wide to the near post. 23rd minute, Grivaldo crosses. Uh, his cross is cleared by Fabio Cardozo, but only as far as Rafa, who slaloms through two defenders, All right, and then gets... Gets the ball, gets the ball poked away, but right to Felix, who takes the, sh who takes the shot on his left foot, commits full. Uh, the defender commits fully and slides, but Felix cuts it back onto his right foot and then buries the ball into the roof of the goal. And on the twenty-third minute, João Felix makes it two nothing to Benfica. Uh, he does his patented two needs slide with with his arms folded as the Benfica players mob him. The stadium erupts once again, um, and now you can really feel that this is going to be the the 37. You can feel it at hand, and Elder Kondutu's reaction is priceless as he goes, O que acaba de fazer isto puto maravilha? <laughs> and remember, uh, in Portuguese, the word puto does not have the context it has in Spanish. It just means kid. Um, so I want to clarify that as I say it. <laughs> But yeah, absolutely fantastic. The kid scores another goal, his 15th in the league and 20th in all competitions. An absolute dream season for the 19-year-old. And Benfica are now two goals from breaking the, the club record for goals in a season, which was in 63-64, I believe, was the previous um, time where they had scored 103 goals. Benfica now at 101 uh, and in the 26th minute, the stadium is, it sounds like it's going to collapse. You hear the Tuda Saltar, Tuda Saltar chant. As, uh, this, like I said, you can just see waves of people bouncing up and down. Absolutely fantastic, fantastic 
environment in the Stadio de Luz, a return to the Inferno de Luz, if you will. Um, 27th minute, the sideline reporter is interviewing Ugo Felix behind the goal as he is the ball boy um, on normal ball boy duty. Ugo Felix, of course, the much younger brother of João Felix, and he is in Benfica's U14 team, I believe he is, under 14s, under 15s. Um, also a Portugal international, and many experts say that at this stage, at age 14, he is better than João was at 14, which is uh, interesting to to think about, but uh, he is normally the ball boy behind whatever goal his brother is attacking, so the sideline reporter gets to him and gets a quick little interview with Ugo Felix, and we get to hear from him, and who knows, maybe someday it'll be him out there on the pitch doing what his, bro his big brother's doing right now. Uh, in the 30th minute, uh, the match is absolutely wide open now, as neither team cares for defending. Um, and they just leave in each other room to move the ball and attack freely. Uh, in the 31st, Tino fouls uh, Chico Ramos five yards outside the area. Uh, Lamas and Cordozo stand over the ball. Uh, Lamas has his left foot. He takes a left-footed free kick and has it miss by inches. Elder, uh, at this point, Elder Kundut explains, Rui Vitoria is about to become a manager who will win two titles in two leagues in the same season. As you know, just a few days earlier, um, Rui Vitoria was, was crowned champion of Saudi Arabia, and it is on his CV now that he is champion. Uh, of Benfica for the fifth time also, as he did coach part of the season. Whether that's fair or not, that's a topic for its own podcast. Um, <laughs> in the 35th minute, Ucra's cross is headed away by Almeida as uh, Santa Clara continues to look to create and keep the ball. In 36, there's some sloppy play between Ruben and Ferru as they lose it to Shiku Hamush, who wins the ball and wins another corner kick. 38th minute, Almeida crosses for Seferovic. His header is blocked by Cesar, but a trailing Rafa comes in full speed ahead and hammers the ball into the goal for the third of the match, the third of the half. And Benfica now lead 3-0. And at this point, there's no doubt about it. Benfica are the champions. Uh, the stadium knows it. The stadium reacts that way. Rafa with his 17th goal of the season in the league making him the third leading scorer in the Liga. Uh, the stadium begins singing loud and clear, You Benfica é campeão. You Benfica é campeão. Rafa now with 21 goals in all competition. The crowd continues to sing as they now know the title is ours. A minute later, the song changes to Campeão Volto. And Pizzi and João Felix in the 44th minute combine leaving João in front of goal, but his shot is just a bit too high. In the 45th minute, the crowd begins the Eu Amo Benfica chant. La 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 la, Eu Amo Benfica, la 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 la. And uh, the stadium is, is going crazy as Jorge Souza blows for halftime. It's 3-0 Benfica. There are no changes at halftime. Seferovic is 45 minutes away from being Benfica's 27th Golden Boot winner of all time. Uh, Jorge Souza waits for the word again to start the second half because, of course, remember, both this match and the match at the Dragon between our two rivals have to kick off both in, in the opening kickoff and in the second half kickoff at the exact same time so that no team 
receives any type of advantage of having, of knowing the other's result. Although at this point, everybody knows Benfica are the champions. Um, reports out of the Dragon at this point are saying that you know the game is is uh, is lacking a little bit up there. As as everyone in the stadium is well aware, Benfica are ahead three nil, and that uh, Benfica are going to be crowned champions. And the rest of that match up there is now just a formality with the two teams squaring off again. A week later in the Tasset Portugal final, um, while George while George Souza waits for word, uh, the camera pans through the tribuna and we get to see a shot of Ricardo Rocha, former Benfica defender and champion in two thousand four five. Um, we see goalkeeper Julio Cesar, who has uh, finished his career with Benfica. Uh, did make a quick trip back to Brazil to play uh, a state championship with Flamengo, but for the most part finished off his, his career at Benfica. Lives in Lisbon now, uh, will be living in Lisbon. His younger son is actually a goalkeeper also in the Bolognese Academy. And we also see Vitor Pereira. Um, while we hear we will rock you for about the fifth time in this match, um, Match finally kicks off with Santa Clara kicking off. Uh, in the 48th minute, play is still wide open with Santa Clara looking like they have nothing to lose. They just continue to throw numbers forward. Uh, in the 50th minute, the crowd erupts as Jonas is up to warm up. Um, the crowd loves Jonas, as you can imagine. Befikishas all love Jonas. He loves Befika, and uh, they want to see him. For everything he has done during this run, these, you know, for the better part of these last five championships, he wasn't there for the first one, but he was there for the rest, and um, he's absolutely, you know, won a place in the hearts of Benficistas. The 52nd Menefejo is a little bit too relaxed as Ukra takes the ball right off his foot, goes forward and shoots um, with the Trivella. It goes just wide of Odie's right post. Santa Clara make a sub in the 53rd as Zemanel comes on for Caillou. Uh, in the 56th, Rashid, Osama Rashid, loses the ball to Pizzi, who finds Grimaldo. Grimaldo crosses early for Seferovic, who uses his, his preferred left foot to redirect the ball uh, past the keeper on goal, and the keeper can't keep it out. Seferovic has his 23rd goal of the season, his 20th in the 2019 calendar year. And Benfica now has tied the 63-64 team with 103 goals for most goals in club history with about a half hour to go ahead and try to take that record. And again, it's a, a loud explosion from the fans as Benfica now are up 4 to nothing. The title cannot be cannot slip now. Um, Damu 38 a large Damu 38 banner unveiled from the Top Sul now. And the whole stadium uh, takes that as a cue to start singing Damu 38 as we're looking forward to next season now. And Benfica are talking about winning the 38 because the 37 has now been won. 58th minute, Lamage's corner finds Cordozo again who heads it off of the bar. And the rebound falls right to Cesar who scores but does not celebrate. As he was, uh, remember, he was champion with Benfica in 2014. Uh, goal had zero effect on the crowd. They didn't even react to it. Um, 
like I said, Cesar did not celebrate. He just he just waved to the crowd and apologized for scoring on Befica. Uh, what is custom, you know, in, in soccer, again, it's a custom that fans in North American sports will never understand. In the 60th minute, Santa Clara is pushing forward again, playing completely free as if the score was not even being kept is what I wrote. It really it really did look like a uh, training session almost at times. And, um, and while, you know, everyone's praising Santa Clara for their great play, and they did play well, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm questioning why they're playing so wide open. I mean, are they just there to have fun? Because while you it looks nice playing attacking football like that and just going all out forward, and it might work, odds are you're going to get caught. They've been caught four times. In a game where they've played so well, they've just been caught four times by Benfica, and they've got four goals scored on them simply because they're throwing all caution to the wind and they're throwing everybody forward, leaving themselves extremely exposed. And, um, you know, if I, if I were a Porto fan, I'd be pretty ticked off at, at that approach from Santa Clara. They were uh, accusatory of it in the beginning of the week. Um, you know, everybody criticizes the, the defensive block, you know, the low defensive blocks, the quote-unquote parking the bus mentality, but... Um, I I guess to to people there's more honor in losing 4-0 this way than in losing 1-0, you know, trying to hold on for a result. I know it's it's more entertaining this way and it's great for Benfica, but um from a manager's perspective, if that's my team, you know, I I'd be losing my mind with with just how exposed Santa Clara were at the back. Yeah, they played brilliantly going forward, but that's also because Benfica let them, because Benfica wanted them to open up and be exposed at the back, and, you know, it, it went to, the plan went to fruition as Benfica were able to score on, like, a, for 45 minutes, Benfica were at a 100% striking efficiency, I mean, every shot they took went in, they had three shots, three goals, until um, the first save came in the 44th minute for uh for Marco Rocha, the Santa Clara goalkeeper. Um, 64th minute, we have Grimaldo taking a very long corner. It looked like he miskicked it, but he, you can see as the ball's coming down, there's a wide open PZ way on the way on the upper right corner of your screen near the edge of the penalty area, and he fires a volley first time back towards goal. Ferro gets ahead on it, but Ferru is offside. In the 65th minute, Zeminel uh, crosses. His cross is nearly met by Ukra at the far post. He just misses it. Would have easily been 4-2 at that point. In the 68th minute, Pizzi and Grimaldo with some nice combination play again. Setting up Pizzi, whose shot goes just wide. Benfica finally making a substitution, and um, it's the 69th minute. And this is a moment that, that will definitely resonate with me and live with me as a uh, I found myself getting emotional with this. Jonas on the touchline, ready to come in. And the camera zooms in. And you can clearly see Jonas is fighting tears, but he can't even hold them back. They're gushing out of his eyes as he's about to be subbed on. João Felix is coming off. And a huge, huge ovation for João Felix. And God, I hope this is not the last time we see João Felix in a Benfica uniform. Uh... A very warm embrace between Jean Felix and Felix. For those of you that don't know, Felix 
and oh, did I say Felix and Felix? Felix and Jonas, excuse me, are our roommates. Believe it or not, on the on the road, you got the oldest guy and the youngest guy, and and uh, Bruno Lage roomed them together. Um, what better what better mentor for Jean Felix to have than than you know Jonas Pistolas? So there's a very warm embrace there from the two of them, as they are very close, and uh, you know Andre Almeida, Peasy. These guys are coming over to console Jonas as he's coming onto the field. It's hard to believe that this is not his last match. Um, he's, you know, it's been denied after the fact that that there's been any kind of decision that he's not going to return, and then he said that it was just an overwhelming overflow of emotion. But I think deep down Jonas is wondering if he's going to get through another season. Um, we've seen in the last two seasons with Benfica, whether it be Julius Cesar and now this season with Luis Zon, where, where, you know, these icons come back, but they can't get through that next season. Jonas has been through everything this season. I mean, the amount of extra work he's had to put in just to be healthy enough to play small spurts in these games. It's hard to believe he's going to make it through another season. I hate to say that, um, and I'd rather see him walk away, you know, with, as the champion rather than walk away injured um, next winter sometime. Uh, but absolutely, I was fighting the tears seeing Jonas come in for possibly the last time as well. And uh, what it can really, really these two iconic players for us. Felix is just a kid, but um, holding out hope. Maybe it's foolish of me, maybe it's naive of me, but holding out hope that we got one more season with that kid. Um, and now what... Uh, the game would continue here, and Jonas would come in like a bat out of hell. He was looking for his goal. He wanted to. He wanted to be the one to score the 104, and the one to break the record. And he wanted to get his final goal of the season. And uh, the stadium was behind it. The only problem here, Benfica started trying too hard, and it all became about going to Jonas rather than you know continuing to play the way they had and continuing to. To hit the open man and to move the ball freely, it began. It began to be forced towards Jonas each and every time. And in the seventy-third minute, Jonas had his left-footed shot from outside the box saved in the bottom left corner. He had been set up by Seferovic, and uh, that was his best chance of the game, um, in my opinion. It was a nice save from the Santa Clara keeper Hasha. But uh, the stadium really wants to see Jonas get the next goal. But if he could try, but um, again, not much happens throughout the rest of the match. Here, as we uh, see in the 76th minute, we have a substitution for Santa Clara as Os the captain Osama Rashid is off the Iraq International, replaced by Mamadou Kande. Um, we have an injury to Patrick Vieira in the 78th minute. Um, and then a substitution for Benfica in the 79th. Bruno Lage sends on Morocco International. Adele Tarapt um, as he subs off Andreas Samaris to get him his much-deserved ovation from the Stadio de Luz. Standing ovation for Andreas Samaris. Fantastic, fantastic second half of the season from the Greek International. An absolute warrior, an absolute leader on this team. He's re-signed. We're going to see him for the next four years in a Benfica uniform. Very excited about that. In the 81st minute, a substitution for Santa Clara. It's Alfredo Stevens coming on, replacing the veteran Ucra. 
Peasy has his shot blocked in the 82nd minute, um, going for a a corner. And the on the corner, the attempt is missed by Jonas. He gets a right-footed shot from outside the box. It's high and wide. Um, Tarapt had, had set him up following the corner. Um, another Jonas attempt missed in the 84th. He shot from the center of the box, but too high on a pass from Peasy. And Benfica make their final substitution in the 86th minute. Salviu comes on, replacing Rafa. Rafa Silva, uh, one of the stars of the season, comes off to a huge ovation as well. And there's a lot of talk about how well how Rafa came on the scene this year. People have a short memory because last year, Rafa around you know the second into the final third of last season, Rafa really started to play the way he played this season. Um, he wasn't finishing as much, but you could see just how good of a player he was and just how important he could be to Benfica. It was in the chase last season. You know, if you remember last season, we did get ahead of Porto uh, momentarily until they caught us, you know, and beat us at home. But going into that and through the final stretch, Rafa was a very big part of that. And people this season have seemed to forget that he had a good finish to last season. But this season, it was it was from start to finish. A uh, fantastic career season for Rafa Silva. Um, easily the most productive year of his career, going back to the 15-16 season with Braga, the one that landed him this, this contract and this transfer to Benfica. Um, he is found his way back into the Portugal national team where he belongs, um, having missed the the World Cup last year, and that was he was a player I thought Portugal could have used, given what he can do, the way he can transition from a t defense to attack, and how he can break pressure literally all by himself with his speed and his dribbling. Um, but he also added the finishing piece to his game this season. Uh, 17 goals, third in the league. Absolutely key part of this Benfica team. He comes off the stadium, um, appreciates his efforts for the season, we had one more attempt missed by Santa Clara. It was Zeminel uh, in the 90 plus one. Right-footed shot from outside the box. It was He was he actually broke in on a pass from Alfredo Stevens. He was he was alone, but he skied it over the goal. Jorge Souza blows the final whistle at 90 plus two. Benfica are champions for the 37th time in history. And for the fifth time in six years, the sixth time in this decade. This becomes Benfica's... Most successful decade since the 1960s, where they won also six championships. Let that sink in for one moment. You know, we always talk about the glory days of Benfica in the past. Benfica with four championships in the 90s, uh, three in the 80s, did I say four in the 70s, excuse me, four championships in the 70s, three in the 80s, and two in the 90s and now one in the 2000 to 2010 but in the 2000 teens Befica with six championships from 2010 to 2019 Befica's most successful decade since the 1960s um in next season there's no reason to believe Befica shouldn't start the next decade the way they finish this one um this team stays together with the other teams in the um in the shape they're in, um, both financially, 
and uh, roster structurally. Um, the other two teams are still quite a bit in shambles. Sporting's still in a rebuilding mode. Porto could ha- could be really in shambles by by the end of the off season. There's no reason Benfica can't come out next season and add and start another run. Um, this was a fantastic, fantastic season for Benfica, no question. Um, I did notate the celebrations. At least I, I, my idea was to was to break down all of the celebrations. But after about you know two hours of additional footage of watching, I, I couldn't, I couldn't keep watching anymore. Um, I watched it live, of course, and I watched it again. But when I sat down to take notes of what was going on and to to chronicle it all. Um, I just ran out of time, but I will I will hit on some of these championship celebration notes. Okay, um, as as the final whistle blows, we do see the trophy being engraved with the champion's name, uh, Sport Lisboa Benfica, in the year two thousand eighteen nineteen, being engraved onto the trophy, and um, the PA system is playing Somos Campeões, Nós Somos Campeões. Um, while the champagne bottles are absolutely popping, and uh, <laughs> I think it was I think it was Gabriel that got that got blasted from short range by Odie, if I'm not mistaken, or perhaps it was the other way around, where the champagne cork just comes undone and a absolute jet stream of champagne blasts him in the face from very very close range. Um, I also noted, which is kind of funny to me, that the the U20 World Cup players along <laughs> are drinking Coke Zero while the rest of the team are drinking, you know, beers. Um, Bruno Lage also opting for the Coke Zero rather than the rather than the uh, <laughs> the Sagres. Um, you also see a huge embrace um, from Lage in Ukra, and then Rui Costa comes in. To put the champion scarf around Bruno Lage, uh, around the manager, um, the champion scarf that says Campeões, you know, 37 on it. Um, a very, very warm embrace is shown between Rui Costa and Jonas, the two legendary, two of the legendary tens in Benfica history. Two of the best I've seen in my, in my, uh, time watching Benfica and I've said before I'm hopeful we can have João Felix for one more season and that we can see the 10 go on him for a season because he is a legend and um, I want to see him play in the 10 for Benfica for at least a season we never got to see Bernardo Silva play in the 10 for Benfica which is really because a certain manager thought his his only future was as a left back um, you know what he's done in England since what he's done for Manchester City's and for Monaco sense proves that that certain manager was was not um was not right on that assessment uh, uh we cut to a flash interview with Santa Clara's Juan Lucas um who says you know that um he congratulates Benfica and says that he's very proud of his team for the season they put up proud to represent the region of the Azores um, when asked, though, he won't answer the question if Benfica are juge du campeão. He refuses to answer on other teams, and uh, I guess I can respect that because he is a player. And one way to sure bet that you're you're never going to play for two of the three big teams is to call Benfica a juge du campeão. So if he has any ambitions of moving up and playing in one of the big clubs, um, it makes sense that he doesn't answer that question. <laughs> And then you see Jardel 
is kissing Bruno Lage on the cheek, <laughs> and um, and I noted here that clearly Jardel is very unhappy with his lack of playing time as he's kissing the manager on the cheek, um, a little bit at the the blue and green press that that tried all season to once Befica were rolling to try to create division in the club by by putting out claims that Jonas and Jardel were unhappy with their playing time that they were not happy with their role in the team. Obviously, it was all garbage, all nonsense, all bad attempts for uh, our rivals to destabilize. Next, we hear Seferovic speaking in Portuguese for the first time, to my knowledge. He's in the, he is in the Flash interview speaking in Portuguese, saying, you know, that it's, it's a, a great job done by everyone, by the, by the technical team, by the coaching staff by the medical team. Everybody contributed to this championship. Um, and then let's fireworks do begin to go off, okay? And um, the players are just watching as um, the staging is being set up. And you see selfies galore on the pitch at this point with uh, Reconquista playing. Bruno Lage is now doused with champagne before li being lifted onto the shoulders of his, his uh, players. Um... We're getting an early glimpse also here into the uh, the dance skills of one <laughs> one Svilar, who uh, he is going to spend the next several hours showing off his dance moves and um, <laughs> I, I I got more to say about that when we get there and then after the flash interviews. Uh, Luis Costa-Branc, the, the reporter, goes into the locker room as the Benfica players start making their way into the locker room. And we start seeing picture-in-picture, picture, again, the use of picture-in-picture. Picture. It was used earlier in the day during the women's match and during the lead-up to the uh, to the to this men's match. Um, so the picture-in-picture picture returns to your screen as we see the stadium and the Marquez at the same time for the first time. Okay, um, And then... <laughs> I put here that uh, we see some celebrating from Krovinovich, and I said that Krovi's dancing makes him resemble the actor Chris Kattan in the movie Corky Romano. He really, really looked like Chris Kattan uh, as he was dancing here. Um, we move forward, and we get uh, the wives and girlfriends now are making their way onto the pitch, as are the rest of the families. We see Tino and Jensen uh, with their families over near the... Uh, over near the, the first row of the stadium, celebrating. Um, as the players now are making their way to the locker room, and they're led in by Rui Costa. And as we see a young girl on her dad's shoulders, crying tears of joy with her Befica scarf, proudly erected in the air and stretched firmly. Um, so much Befica is being sung by the 64,000 people as now we start to see video clips of the different players wishing well to Benfica. Um, and I, I will play that at the end of this, this podcast along with another uh, video that, that surfaced just today from the club's official Twitter in which the players give a final um, statement on the season. So uh, there'll be some sound clips here at the end of the podcast. Um, and then we would we have back to picture in picture at this point with the stadium. It's it's a three way now picture in picture with the stadium, the flash interview, 
area and the Marques all on our screens. We're told that we're told by Helder Kondutu that Bruno Lage is now only the seventh Portuguese coach to win the championship with Benfica. That's a feat I was not aware of, but um, they go on to say that he's like the 19th coach in the history of the club, so I suppose that does make sense. Um, but he's only the seventh Portuguese coach to be champion with Benfica. Um, sets the context because Portuguese coaches were not always seen and held in the regard they are today. Today, they're you know we're one of the top th two or three nations in exporting coaches, along with Brazil and um, maybe maybe Argentina. Uh, we're right up there uh, with the most coaches being you know exported. And um, really, there is no reason for for foreign coaches at Benfica at this time in in history, as there are so many qualified. Portuguese coaches. So Bruno Lage is um, interviewed in the Flash interview uh, while we see scenes from the stadium. And next it goes to the Santa Clara coaches as they're going into their locker room. Um, they are congratulating Benfica on their way into their locker room. We see the Sagres are being cracked open while we're, we're in the locker room now and the Sagres cans are being cracked open. While the while the recorded messages are being played in the stadium on the big screen, um, for the for the fans, the players will see these will see these videos a little bit later in the Marquez. Um, now we're seeing next Luizão is shown sharing a beer and being greeted with the chance of Capitão 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 as he walks into the locker room. We have a PZ interview. Um, in which PC's talking about, you know, how they rose above everything, how everyone, you know, everybody doubted Benfica, but the, nobody in that locker room doubted it. And unfortunately, his interview was interrupted by the president, Luis Felipe's speech. I wrote dot, 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 next. Not interested in hearing him. He nearly killed this thing with that little ray of light he said he saw. Um, he, uh... He kept on the previous manager. To, we lost three extra points because of his little light. And um, really, we won in spite of the president this year, not because of him. So uh, for everything he's done in the past, sure, for this season, I, I'm not interested in hearing the president's speech. He does say that everyone's uh, bonuses have been doubled. Whether he meant it or not, who knows? He says a lot of things. Um, then you notice... Bruno Lage finally sheds the winter coat he's been wearing since December. <laughs> I mean, they're talking about heat both in this match and in Braga, and Lage was wearing his winter coat over his tracksuit. He finally sheds the winter coat, and we get some more interviews. We've got Krovinovic, Fejas, Seferovic, Svilar, and Zivkovic all now speaking perfect Portuguese. This has changed since the last championship. Um, of course, it's been two years, but... But you can't even hint an accent, a foreign accent in most of them. Um, absolutely uh, fantastic job. They must have the same Portuguese teacher as Samarish. They are all speaking excellent Portuguese. <laughs> Not to talk about our rivals, but uh, they've <laughs> guys like Herrera and Maxi Pereira, who've been in Portugal forever, can't speak a, a lick of Portuguese. And these guys come in here, and all of them are speaking you know, perfect Portuguese, and and then I laughed because 
because he gets to Seferovic a few minutes later with another interview, and it's as if he forgot that he spoke Portuguese because now the interview is being conducted in English. Seferovic just goes with it, and he'll he'll answer he'll speak. <laughs> He will answer the the questions in English, but I thought it was funny because it's the same reporter that in the flash, <laughs> um, it was Luigi in the flash. He he spoke to him in Portuguese, and now in the locker room, the interview was conducted in English. It was kind of funny to me. And we see um, Jardel is next, and I notice his Brazilian accent is noticeably fading more and more into. Uh, a Portuguese, a European Portuguese sounding pronunciation. Um, I found that kind of interesting as he, you know, says all the right things and what it's like to be a member of Benfica and how how big uh, it is to be a part of this team. The next interview is Salvio, but he's interrupted by Svilar's dancing again. As <laughs> Svilar is dancing to Mafiosa, a song we would hear throughout the night, throughout the celebrations in the Marquês. Um, and in the middle of the dancing, they, they part the seas, if you will, and in comes Jonas with a face-first baseball slide across the wet locker room floor in celebration, which is hilarious because Jonas, this guy who struggles to move, struggles to play, you know, worked so hard just to be healthy. It's like once he opens a Sagres and once the, the, the team has won the title, all of a sudden all his ailments are gone. This guy... This guy's a dancing machine. He's riding on the back of a scooter. He's jumping up and down. He's breakdancing. He does it all. <laughs> and then Snurt Shell comes into the into the the picture. Shell Han, of course, the Benfica legend. He joins in the fun and jumps up and down and bounces with the players. Um, Fasia tells Luis Costa Branco he's he's lost count of how many championships he he's won. And I noted that. This is absolutely epic, and everything you need to know about Fasia can be summed up in that in that line. He's such a champion, such a winner, that when asked if this was his 10th or 11th championship, he honestly didn't know. He had to think about it and count on his fingers for a moment. Um, absolutely fantastic, because now we see the kids rolled out. Um, they're being they're out on the pitch making the guard of honor for the players. Each uh, pairs the pairs of kids. Each kid wearing a kit of one of the eighteen teams in the league. Elder Condut then throws to Andrea Magalhães. Andrea is at the Marquês as it's already filling up. She's going to work very very hard in the next several hours. I want want to acknowledge how hard Andrea Magalhães worked in this uh, broadcast. She's she'd already been at the Marquês for hours at this point. The players start heading for the tunnel um, for the medal ceremony, and this is when you see Bruno Lage sipping on a Coke Zero. Um, it's been an hour since the final whistle, and um, you notice <laughs> Pedro Pro Proenza walk by the president of the league as the players are lining up ready to get their awards. Um, Pedro Proenza comes out first to... to Enormous whistles, um, as you can imagine, which is also the custom, I think, for every league commissioner or president um, in any sport nowadays that the fans just, by by nature, must hate him. <laughs> uh, but Pedro Proenza, with good reason, I mean, he's a former referee, and he's a referee that did Benfica in so many times. Uh, the tr the trophies brought out, the players come out in the, no in the order of their numbers, starting with Svilar, who comes out dancing, 
holding his cell phone, video recording himself, and he forgets to he forgets to go through the guard of honor that the little kids have made. So he cuts back, <laughs> and then he goes through high fiving the kids and makes his way to the to the staging. Every single player came out holding a cell phone. In this, it's a clear sign of 2019. This is not something we saw in 2010. Um, this is something you can see how. Uh, technology and just how culture has changed this decade. Um, basically, every single player documenting every single moment of these next <laughs> several hours on their phones. Um, they must have really good cell phone batteries, is what I was thinking, because they've got those. They've got video and, and camera and pictures being taken the whole time as uh, you know, as as they're documenting the entire journey from the from the match. To the trophy presentation, to the through the Khutunda, Kashmir Damiao, all the way to the Marquez Pombal. Um, Conti is next, and Grimaldo. Um, there's no number four this season because that was Eliseu. Fasia, Ruben Diaz, Corsia limps out there, he is injured. Gabriel comes out, also injured. Um, Jonas is next, followed by Servi. No, no number twelve, as that was originally, that was originally Bruno Varela. Um, Seferovic comes out. Yuri Hibedu comes out wearing the number fifteen, if I'm not mistaken, and he is another one who showed a lot of dance moves in this uh, in this celebration. You can criticize him all you want, him and Svilar all you want for their footballing ability or lack thereof, and. Um, you cannot criticize their dance ability. These guys, these guys are on point. <laughs> uh, Zivkovic is number 17. 18 is Salviu. Um, number 20 was Krovinovic. PZ 21. Samarish 22. Uh, as we go through the rest of the roster. And we get into... We get into the... The, you know, 40s, 50s, and 60s with guys like... Uh, you get you get guys like Florentino, like uh, like Ferru, João Felix. Finally, Vlakodimos is last at number nine ninety nine, and after Vlakodimos comes the captain Jardel, wearing the number thirty three. Um, also in there, I left out was the thirty four Andre Almeida, the vice captain. Don't want to exclude him, uh, as the players have now all made their way to the staging. The, the technical team comes out, um, the coaching staff, rather. Uh, lastly, it is Bruno Lage who comes out to the loudest ovation, as you heard in the audio piece there at the start of the segment. Um, and Bruno Lage, what they didn't capture on TSCF, they didn't understand, was whose jersey he was holding up. Okay, so Bruno Lage comes out now, you know, finally shedding the winter coat. He's wearing just the tracksuit as he holds up a Benfica jersey and turns it around to show the number 37. And the name on the back of his jersey is his mentor, Benfica legend Jaime Grassa. Okay, the mentor, the one who pulled and pushed Bruno Lage into football management. He he owes a lot, you know, he attributes a lot of his success to Jaime Grassa. Um, after showing both sides of the jersey, Rui Vitoria puts the jersey on, makes his way to the stage, receives his medal. 
Next is the, they call it the Communication Social or the Equipe de Communication, the Communications Department. They come out. And lastly, um, Louison presents the trophy to Jardel and Jardel raises the trophy and the celebrations continue. And of course, the highlight of this point in time, the highlight of this at least on-field celebration because first you saw some guy driving a little moped around, driving. He must be a, an employee. Then all of a sudden, out of the corner of your eye, you see another moped. And nobody seemed to be prepared for this. This was either a surprise. I highly doubt he got he snuck through security, got into the Cosmo Damien Museum, and got the moped out. So it was it was obviously planned, but it was well it was kept well secretive. Legend. Illy Zoo is on the field riding his moped again as he was for our last championship. And the crowd, when they realize who he is, is going nuts. The players, when they realize who he is, just mob him. Absolutely mob him. You can just see the strong bond between these players on this team. This team really is a family. When you watch a team celebrate... I watched enough celebrations over the weekend. I watched Man City. I watched Ajax. I watched... Uh, I've seen Barcelona celebrations in the past. You've seen you see Champions League celebrations. Benfica has it's it's different. There's so much more of a genuine just passion and emotion in Benfica celebrations. Cities were nice and all, but they resembled a North American victory parade. It really they did not have the type of reaction that Benfica had and one of the things that was special was seeing Elizeu. The guy even got to ride on the bus to the Marquez. It was like it was like he just nobody had seen or heard from Elizeu in two years and all of a sudden he shows up on the pitch riding his moped. And him and Jonas are <laughs> they're having the time of their lives riding around and you'd see it later in the Marquez as he's riding the moped around the Marquez. Um after this, he'd be in the. He'd also be in the locker room celebrating with them. Eventually, the team would board the open top bus, come out of the stadium, go through the Hatunda Damian, the Hatunda at the stadium, where the the celebrations were just out of this world. Um, the same spot where they were received with smoke and, and you know smoke and, and song. Same thing. The flares are full, are just lighting up. They're the. They're being tossed onto the Hatunda. The bus is going through a sea of smoke and, and flare. It looks absolutely phenomenal. Um, I can only imagine being players and witnessing this kind of support from, from a fan base. Very few teams in the world have this kind of support. None of the top dogs do. You don't see this kind of reaction from Real Madrid or Barcelona, Manchester United, Manchester City fans. You see it a little bit in Greece and Turkey, but even the Greek players are saying that that uh, you know the championship in Greece and the celebrations with Olympiacos do not compare to the to the the way Benfica does it, and it is like I said, it it has gotten a hint of an overproduced feeling. But still, when you're talking about half a million people celebrating in the streets in the middle of the night, you know, there's very few places and very few fan bases that can pull that off. Benfica are in the elite in that. In that category. Um, the bus makes its way through the neighborhoods, finding its way finally to the Marquez Pombal. The players get off the bus, of course, and they get on stage. They take turns with the microphone, each saying something. Bruno Lage gives an inspired speech that worthy of a Nobel Prize. <laughs> he really is worthy of a Nobel Peace Prize for the speech he gave, and he said that we it's time to give merit to our, our adversaries, our opponents. 
And in a perfect world, yes, they would give merit back to us. I don't think we live in that world, unfortunately, Bruno. Um, I don't think our rivals are going to ever give us merit. But that's that's just the world we live in. Um, but the video clip I'm going to play for you at the end of this here, um, you'll hear the players saying they didn't beat Porto, they didn't beat Sporting, they didn't beat Braga, they didn't beat the referees, they didn't beat the VAR. They one for Benfica. They didn't do it against anyone else, okay? That's very important. And, and through all of the hours and hours of celebration, never was there a kind of salta tripeiro, kind of salta largato chant. Never. It was always about Benfica. Um, and this was an absolutely fantastic memory. I cannot wait to watch the movie on this season, even if it's 10 years from now. This season's going to live with me for good. Okay, before I go tonight, before I run out of time here, I do want to know, thank everyone that participated in the Twitter poll this week, okay? Um, I did put up a Twitter poll shortly after the match on Saturday, and I'm going to give you right now the results. The poll I was asking was, who do you credit as Benfica's Player of the Year for this season? Okay, the results are in. I want to thank the nearly 100 of you that participated. And the winner, the Mr. Benfica Listener Award for Player of the Season this year goes to Rafa with 38% of the vote. Okay, second place to João Felix with 26% of the vote. Seferovic was third with 20 and Pizzi with 16. Some good conversation um, in the thread as well. Some good commenting. Everyone giving very good valid reasons for all four of these guys. And... Um, Great, re great reasons for everybody. I, I tend to agree with the majority, however. Um, Rafa is my guy. Um, from beginning to end, I thought he was the best. And when the team was playing at its worst, Rafa was able to do something to change uh, the momentum and to change the flow of the match. Um, Kevin says he chooses Seferovic. The man was an outcast at the start of the season. Um, doesn't then becomes a starter and scores 23 goals with zero penalties. Very valid point. Uh, we have here Melander1985 says he voted for Felix for how the team changed the way it played and the impact he had on the team after he consistently got his spot in the starting lineup. In any case, all options are very well deserved. I agree with that as well. Very valid reasons. And Warren Reich says he sh that I should have included Bruno Lage in the in the options. And Bruno Lage is probably the key figure of the team. He key figure in this team. He's not a player, however. But he yes, he did very well. He promoted youth players. He knew were ready to play and that could play in his system. And I agree with his last sentence here. If LFV Luis Vieira supports him with the players he wants, the Penta will be ours. Um, and Mateusz the Madeiros says no one contributed more than Pizzi. Two more goals than Pizzi. No Pizzi, no party. Thank you everybody for, uh, thank you everybody for contributing. Thank you everybody for listening through these eight, first eighteen episodes. I'm not going anywhere though. We'll be back next week. Okay, next week I'm not sure yet what the topic's going to be. I'll tweet it out. It may be just an overall review of the season. It may be a review of a player. It may be a review of one of the other sports. We have futsal going on this weekend. Um, a quick update. Futsal lost uh, today. 
um, five to three to Fundão. So their semifinal series is tied one one. They will play Sunday, Sunday at twenty one thirty in Portugal. Okay. Um, they will play against Fundão in the decisive game. Basketball victorious today in game one against Porto. They'll also play Sunday. So um, I've got about a minute left before this thing runs out. Um, so we will talk about something next week. I will I will tweet it out in the beginning of the week. All right. Thank you, everyone. Um, Parabéns, campeões. We are the champions, guys. Carrega Benfica. Carrega Benfica. And now, for the first time, it's Dam U38. Good night, everybody. Remember, Twitter, at Benfica Mister. And on Instagram, at Mr. Benfica. Facebook, Mr. Benfica. Just do the search. You will find me. Again, thank you. Uh, this concludes the 2018 and 19 Liga Nage season. Benfica, for the 37th time, champions of Portugal. Viva Benfica! Fiquista, 37 título nacional, foi um grande ano, parabéns a todos vocês, parabéns a todos os jogadores, comissão, ao clube, 
e principalmente esses adeptos maravilhosos que sempre fazem a diferença. Um grande beijo a todos, aproveitem bastante essa grande festa e isso não é fique mais nada, pá! Olá pessoal, uh, aproveitem o momento, uh, sei que vocês devem estar muito felizes, aproveitem as vossas famílias, façam uma festa enorme junto dos adeptos que são incansáveis e que foram incansáveis ao longo do ano, muita força e parabéns, somos campeões! É rapaziada, bom, gostaria de desejar parabéns pela conquista de mais um título nacional, é, jogadores, adeptos, staff, presidente, parabéns do fundo do coração e bom, espero que seja a continuação de muitas outras conquistas. Um grande abraço. Parabéns, parabéns a todos os benfiquistas, parabéns para mais um grande título, aproveita esse grande dia, uh, grande abraço. Fala galera do Benfica, aqui quem fala é o jogador Giovanni, gostaria de parabenizar cada um de vocês aí, né, pelo excelente campeonato, grande abraço aí, Deus abençoe vocês aí, com muito carinho. Vem aqui a família, muitos parabéns pelo campeonato, estou super feliz pela conquista, super feliz por vocês, depois de um ano complicado, mas mostraram a família que vocês são mostraram a raça do benfiquista e deram a volta por cima, por isso estou super contente e bem, aproveitem agora com as nossas famílias e festejem aí com a família benfiquista também. Olá a todos, queria mandar as minhas felicitações aos jogadores, ao corpo técnico, aos adeptos que sempre fazem que o clube cresça e, e esteja sempre entre os melhores clubes do mundo. Um forte abraço para eles, para todos os que fazem que Benfica seja o mais grande, eu chego sempre meu coração, estou orgulhoso de ter vestido esta camiseta e este escudo, e lhe deseo o melhor e os felicito por este novo título. Fala aqui é o Helder, para quem for para desejar os parabéns, mais uma vez mostrarem o que eu enfim a todos. Bem-vindos para mim, um abraço. Como é que é, malta? Quero deixar aqui uma mensagem de parabéns e dizer que estou muito contente por vocês por terem ganho o campeonato e agora é festejar Marques Pombal, vocês já sabem, tudo vermelho, tudo nosso e mais uma vez parabéns, força, estamos juntos. Olá família benfiquista, eu estou passando aqui para parabenizar vocês pelo 37º título da Liga Portuguesa, eu quero dizer que para mim foi um prazer, uma honra enorme ter feito parte dessa família e saibam que vocês moram no meu coração eternamente, ok? Forte abraço! Campeão voltou. Valeu! Estou a passar aqui só para deixar os parabéns ao Benfica pelo 37 títulos. Também agradecer aos adeptos que sempre acreditaram até ao fim. Força Benfica! 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 Parabéns, parabéns a todos. Um novo título. E só queda disfrutar, disfrutar e dar os parabéns para todos vocês. Um grande abraço. Estamos juntos. Fala malta! Passando aqui para parabenizar por mais um título nacional, 37º título. Vou mandar um abraço especial a todos os adeptos benfiquistas, a todos os meus colegas, os companheiros que conseguiram esse feito. Um abraço ao Mr. Bruno Laje, dizer que fiquei muito feliz por essa conquista, merecidamente. E espero que vocês desfrutem desse momento. Valeu? Um abraço de um campeão para os campeões. Olá 
amigos, ¿cómo están? Oigan, este mensaje nada más es para felicitar al Benfica por haber obtenido el título de Liga Nacional, eh, el número 37, y bueno, estoy muy contento, estoy muy, muy orgulloso de todos ustedes, a los jugadores, afición y toda la gente que envuelve Benfica, muchas, muchas felicidades y disfrútenlo mucho, se lo merecen. Hola, soy Javi García, quería daros parabéns a, a Benfica, a todo el equipo, a al presidente, a, a Rui Costa, a todos los adeptos por, por este grandísimo título. Eh, sabéis que, que soy un grandísimo benfiquista, eh, llevo Benfica en mi corazón, todos lo sabéis. Y nada, eh, muy muy feliz por, por este grandísimo título. Un fuerte abrazo y viva Benfica. Hola a toda la equipa de Benfica, a todos los benfiquistas, muchos parabéns por más un campeonato merecidísimo. Estou muito contente por vocês. Festejem muito, infelizmente não posso estar aí convosco, mas aproveitem o momento. Carrega e fica. E aí, malta, beleza? Claro, né? Porra, 37 título, que beleza, rapaziada. Vocês acharam que ia ficar fora da festa, né? Vocês estão malucos. Eu estou em todas, sempre. Olha só, deixando aqui os meus parabéns para vocês, para todas as pessoas envolvidas. Marquês de Pombal mais uma vez lotado. O título português voltando para as mãos de quem merece, e é isso, olha, felicidade para todos vocês, e vamos comemorar, rapaziada, valeu! So you just heard there from guys like André Horta, Renato Sanchez, Raul Jiménez, uh, Giovanni throwing it back to the 05 team, you heard from Nemanja Matic, you heard from from uh, Julius Cesar there at the end. Also, the great Bernardo Silva was in there. It just shows, you know, these Benfiquistas. They, uh, Javi Garcia. Javi Garcia in there saying he's a, a Benfiquista. These players, you know, once they come through these doors, they seem to uh, be a part of the family forever. That's uh, a video sent by some of the ex-players there congratulating the team on the 37. All right, guys, I have taken up enough of your time this week. I hope everyone enjoyed episode 18. I will see you next week with a new episode. Here is our new outro, uh, and it's it's recorded from the Marquez Pombal, all right, because Damu Trintiset is old news. We can't be asking for that anymore. We have it now. It's time to move forward. So here is our new our outro, and it is um, celebration sounds from the Marquez Pombal. Have a great week, everyone. I am the Mr. Mike Agustino signing off. This is Mr. Benfica.